Greetings, I'm Karen Colligan. Welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast. I'm the founder of a leadership organization called PeopleThink, where I created the Keep It Real Leadership Program that equips and elevates emerging and advancing leaders. It's all online and it can be done anywhere and it can be done at any time. What I know for sure is all leaders lead differently. And that's the beauty of leadership. It's so important to understand what your unique leadership style is. Now that word is worth repeating. Unique, because everyone has their own leadership style, which will inform how you're going to help your team and organization move forward. You got to be real and you got to be bold and you got to drive to take action. Because let's face it, people look to their leaders for vision. They look to their leaders for coaching and growth opportunities. And that's why as a leader, you want to be crystal clear about your unique leadership style and competencies. The whole purpose of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast is to speak to a variety of leaders who are in different industries with different titles at different levels to better understand their unique way of leading. We're going to ask each leader the same six questions so we can provide you with a diverse way of looking at leadership. We want you to find those treasures that will help you be the best leader only you can be. Let's get moving and talk to our next leadership guest. In this episode, I am thrilled to be speaking to Veronica Goey, who is the Executive Director for Grail Family Services. We're going to hear all about Veronica's approach to leadership. So Veronica, welcome and thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is a great honor and I'm so excited to talk to you about leadership. Fabulous. We love when we're both in the right place, Veronica. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and then tell us about Grail Family Services and, and what that's all about. I am the Executive Director of Grail Family Services and I've been in this role since we started the organization almost 21 years ago. Grail Family Services is a nonprofit organization that serves families with young children uh, that primarily reside in the east side of San Jose. Most of our families are low-income families, and many of them are immigrant families. Our focus is um, early care and education. So in that capacity, we offer um, child care. We have two state-funded preschools. We have a family resource center, and we also provide services at some of the local elementary schools. In the past three years, we've developed a professional development program where we train teachers on how to effectively engage with families, and we've trained over 600 teachers. And um, in addition to that, we recently launched a parenting app called the Building Blocks of Parenting. Wow. Um, available to anyone, anywhere in the country, and it's free. So uh, it offers families with young children resources and information. And so we're very excited about that new project. I, I guess, tell us the name of that app again. I don't want anybody to miss that. Yes, uh, the app is called the Building Blocks of Parenting app. Wow. And so it is available in both um, Google and for iPhone and Android phones. Nice. 
and it is free uh, to, for download. Wow, that's amazing. So <laughs> as I'm listening to you, we haven't even heard about you yet. My first question is, when do you sleep, Veronica? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do. Uh, over the years, one of the things that you've learned to do is to really try to balance your life. When you have so many different responsibilities, you do need to be rested to be able to do the work. So I do try to sleep. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. And just tell us a little bit about who you are, Veronica, before we get into our leadership conversation. Yes. So I, I was born originally in Chile, and I moved to the United States about 35 years ago, lived in Los Angeles for 15 years, and then moved to San Jose about 20, a little bit over 20 years. And uh, I'm the mother of two young adults. You know, my daughter currently works at LinkedIn and also teaches at a university. And my son is a sophomore at the University of San Francisco. So they still keep me busy, even though they're very independent young people. Um, I'm still involved in their lives, and it gives me great joy to see how they're developing and how they're becoming the next leaders of our society. Yeah, it's really the truth, isn't it, that they will be the next leaders. So it's nice that you're still involved with them, and it's really nice. They're young adults, and they still want to be involved with you, Veronica. So that does say something about you. All righty, let, let's get into those questions I have, those six questions. And, and the first one is this. There are so many ways to define leadership because it is so personal to each individual. How do you define leadership, Veronica? Yeah, so I have to say that when I've read this question, I thought about, you know, what, what is leadership to me? Mm -hmm. And the thought that came to mind was a person I used to work with a long time ago. And he told me once that uh, my leadership style sort of reminded him of a quote that um, I'm going to say that it's from Harry Truman that says that it is getting people to do what they don't want to do mm -hmm. and like it. <laughs> When he said that, I wasn't very thrilled with that because I felt like, well, I don't want to get people to do something they don't like. But I think that the catch there is to get people to do that, but to like it. So they embrace that. So to me, that is part of how I view leadership. And I would say I define leadership in three ways. I would say the first one is the ability to see the big, big picture, but more important than that, to be able to communicate that to your team. Mm. If we we see the big picture, but but our team doesn't see it with us, it just doesn't take us too far. Correct. Um, I mean, if you're the only one who sees the big picture and you've got no one else who is paying attention, that doesn't help anyone, certainly. For sure, the plan or the goal is always to, to move far, but to move far collectively with your team. So that's part of the way I define leadership. I want to say that the second way I define leadership is, is to the ability to bring my team together and move towards the same goal. So like the seeing the big picture, I, I think like being very clear with my team as to wh where are we heading? What is the next goal? And the third part of my definition would be to play this leadership role always in a very dynamic way. I mean, to me, I think that as I assess where my team is at, 
uh, sometimes I'm the coach and sometimes they need me to provide guidance and sometimes they just simply need me to tell them what to do. And, and I think those are just different aspects of leadership, but I think the dynamic function of leadership, it, it's something that I, I would say it defines my style of leadership. Yeah. And when you talk about dynamic, you know, you have to coach, you have to guide, and then there's times you just have to direct. And as a leader, it's really important to be able to see what's happening and then make the decision in the moment to be able to do that. And if I work for you, with you, my expectation would be as the executive director, Veronica, that at times, yes, uh, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Um, other times, tell me, guide me and, and then coach me. So you really have to dance as a leader. And so being dynamic is, is really making sure that you are reading the situation and, and then applying the correct leadership competency for that particular incident. So, you know, just the way that you explained what you do for a living and what Grail Family Services does for a living, you can see that you will have to be incredibly dynamic and dance. You're, you're putting on your dancing shoes. No question about that, Veronica. That, and I'm sure that dance is, is what is challenging because we are always bombarded by decisions that we need to make. And sometimes not have a lot of time to process. And I think that that's what makes that dance very difficult, that sometimes, you know, I might not have a lot of time to do the coaching, but it is the right thing to do. So I need to step back and say, well, you know, if, if I want my team to move forward, I do need to invest and spend some time in coaching right now because it's, it's not going to not going to go far. I don't do that. So, so it is a balance, like you said. So, so Dan. Yeah. And, and right in the moment, right in the moment, which leads me to my second question, which, you know, what you said is sometimes we just don't have a lot of time to make those decisions. And so decisions are often based on our value system. And when you're really clear about who you are and what your value system is in those critical moments of, of speed or those critical moments of, of a big decision, we can go inside and think, okay, how am I going to make this decision? And so my second question to you is, what are your three top values? And, and, and again, it goes back to decision-making. So, so from a values perspective, help us understand who you are. I think that, um, like you said, values to me are very important because they guide the decisions, they guide the way I engage with my team and others. And I would say if I had to identify three top values, those would be integrity, quality, and transparency. And I think that that has helped me be able to um, lead effectively, you know, lead my team effectively. So I would say integrity is probably, I mean, they're all important, but it's, it's really critical for me that I always look back at what am I doing and am I doing the right thing? Am I leading by example, doing what's right, what is just and what is fair? Is this the right thing for the community we're serving? And just to be reminded that that it's not about me, but it is about who we serve and why we do the work we do. I think that another aspect of integrity for me is making and keeping commitment to my stakeholders, 
or doing what I say I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's hard. <laughs> and, and, and for sure not to make promises that I know I won't be able to keep. So I think that this value allows my team to always know where I stand with things. It, it makes it easier for them to partner with me. Right, because they know what to expect and they know to go back to what we just talked about in terms of your leadership style, there will be times you will have to be direct and there will be times you are going to have to just say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And because they recognize that you're not going to ask them to do anything you wouldn't do yourself, it helps them say, okay, that's that's what we need to do at this point in time. That's what we're going to do. Absolutely. So then my second value sometimes surprises people when I talk so much about quality. I I like to think about quality as one of the values because I always strive to give 120% of myself. And unfortunately for my team, I also (laughs) strive for them to give 120%. (laughs) Um, Oh, details, uh, details. (laughs) Yes. I like to challenge myself to be the best I can be, you know, like to challenge my team to do the same thing. And, um, you know, obviously over, you know, the years since I've been in a leadership role for a while now, I've had, you know, many different teams. And and I want to say that, like, I would say 90% of the people that I work with, at first, um, they may not necessarily see the big picture of this. 120%, but then they get used to it and they enjoy it. And sometimes, you know, because I've stayed in connection with many of them, they miss that. They miss someone that's going to challenge them to do more because I always say, I believe you can do it. Just give it a chance. Try it a little bit harder. Do a little bit more. You know, it just feels good. For me, it's also the fact that we we serve an underserved population. And I always feel that whatever we do for them, I want it to be the best quality. Mm-hmm. I, I strongly believe that someone that, uh, for whatever reason, is in a position of um, not being able to access resources that other families that have resources can access, don't deserve less. And so it gives me a lot of pride that, you know, our facilities are you know, top quality, um, our programs are high quality. And, and I always think that, you know, if they're not good enough for my own kids, then mm-hmm. they're not good enough for my family we serve. So, so quality is like an important value for me. Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have to tell you that as I've been interviewing leaders, quality is not one that has risen to the top. Now they'll throw it in there, but I'm, as you know, I'm asking for three and it's complicated to get to three. So I love the way you define quality and how important it is for you, not only as a leader, uh, also for the programs and services that you're providing to the community. And, And it has to be top notch. Yeah. Tell us about transparency. I also, and like you said, I think deciding on these three top values was hard because yes. um, most likely the people you're interviewing have way more than three values. Correct. So it was an easy decision. <laughs> transparency to me also rose to the top because I really think that it's so important um, to have clear expectations 
so that your team and your partners know what to expect, what to expect of you and what you expect of them. Mm. Um, I think this builds trust in the sense of um, really creating very healthy relationships. And, and, you know, and I think sometimes uh, there's a lot of miscommunication between a leader and the people they're leading because there's lack of transparency. There's not clarity in terms of like, where are we going? Uh, you know, what needs to happen? And again, sometimes that is not easy. Sometimes, you know, I've had opportunities where I've had to tell my team when we faced a recession a few years ago that we were going to have to make some, you know, cuts. And, and that's not easy. But I think people appreciate that, you know, they know that I will let them know what's going on when we're doing well and when we're experiencing some challenges. So I think to me, uh, transparency is really important. Yeah, and I'll just say that the way that you just explained transparency, Veronica, goes right back to your integrity. Your team appreciates the fact that they know that, A, you're going to be transparent, and that that second part of it, which is your, your number one value, is that you're going to tell them the truth. So when you're speaking to them, whether it's good news or not such good news, your commitment is that you, you'll tell them the truth. That's hard. It's complicated. And um. And sometimes, I don't know about you, I just want to bury my head in the sand so I don't have to say some of those things. So, so Veronica, we're currently going through an enormous amount of transition and change. I mean, between the global pandemic, the social awakening, and how the economic implications of both of those are so apparent. And so my question to you is, how do you lead through transition and change? You know, this is, as you all know, um, probably the most challenging time that any of us has experienced in our lifetime uh, in regards to so many different challenges, uh, the pandemic, the, the economy, the racial injustices, and, and just so many more, that, that it is difficult. And, and I think that specifically to me, the pandemic presented so many challenges as a leader because I found myself leading in a way that is not, not normally my style. I saw most of my team to some degree frozen by the unknown, by not being able to imagine how we could transform our service delivery, the enormity of need uh, that we were going to be seeing among our families. So I found myself spending that weekend after we received the shelter-in-place order from our county officials with a whiteboard writing, you know, a ton of ideas and thoughts and, and really creating a plan in a way by myself. And that's really not the way I like to lead. So I felt uncomfortable, but instinctively something told me I needed to do that. And so I call a meeting with uh, all my team on, on Monday and I presented to them. I said, this is kind of how we're going to move forward. And I wasn't comfortable, but the response was very positive. And because they were waiting for that direction. And that goes back to what I said earlier about that dynamic role that sometimes you do have to provide direction. 
and you have to tell people what to do. And an emergency situation is, is one of those times. Personally, like I said earlier, it was uncomfortable for me. It, it, it's, it, it's not the way I like to eat. I, I like way much more of a collaboration, you know, of, of getting input, of really hearing out everyone. We didn't have time. We didn't have time. And we had to respond really quick because the community was waiting for us. So, again, it was not easy. You know, we've had several conversations about that with my, my you know, closest team. But I think the response was, we needed this from you. And you gave us what, what we needed. Yeah, absolutely. And then it goes back to that whole thing you talked about leading by example. You need to be just, you need to be right, and you need to be fair. And from a leadership dynamic perspective, directness, I mean, as you said, some of your team was frozen. How many of us were frozen? I mean, how many of us had no idea what to do next? And to have somebody that they trust from that integrity perspective is really helpful. Okay, good. Tell me. I know that you've spent time on this. I know you've been very, very planful because you care about our communities. So tell me what to do. I'll get my feet back on the ground and I will help and I will continue to see the big picture and move it forward. Later on down the road, I can engage in a different way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, you like collaboration and at times an emergency is not one of those times. That's a good story. Thank you for that. Because now, as we think about that transition and you think about what's happening, some of your team members are frozen and now um, you have to think about how do we continue to innovate and continue to integrate new programs that can help your family. So as a leader, you know, you always have to keep learning and, and thinking, okay, what's next and how am I going to innovate? So, so do you have certain tools or resources that you use, Veronica, to make sure that you're continuing to grow? Because if you're always just push, push, pushing the team at this point, there's got to be a moment when you go, okay, what about me? Because if I'm going to continue this big picture thinking, I myself have to grow and develop as well. So, so what tools and resources do you use? You know, I am of the belief that, you know, in any role, you need to continue to grow and learn. And I think that about myself as well. Um, a couple of things in terms of continuing to grow professionally and personally, I think it's really important for us to take the time and to be introspective and to reflect. Mm. Um, and happening to us uh, with all these changes um, externally, internally. And I think that that, to me, that's part of the growth that I, I do for myself. And so I try to um, make this practice, um, you know, uh, something that's not once in a while, but a, a regular part of my practice to consistently go through this sort of reflective practice mm. and evaluating what is working for the team, what is not working, um, how do I adjust my approach? Going back to your other question about, you know, especially when you're going through a challenging time, I think that obviously attending, you know, classes or workshops or conferences, that, that's always helpful. Reading is always an important part of the growth. 
But I want to say that another important aspect of growth for me is it's learning from people that have similar roles, mm. um, that uh, official or unofficial mentors to me, and being able to mentor other people. I mean, when you've had more than 20 years of leadership experience, I think it's important to think about yourself as, you know, it would have been nice if someone came to me and said, you know, when I was starting, this was something that I wish someone had told me. And yes. uh, so I think I, I grow um, from other people that are leaders and from mentoring uh, some of the younger leaders as well. Um, I think that's an important part of that of that personal, professional growth. Yeah. And, and when you think about mentoring, and you think about, okay, I'm going to come to this partnership and I'm going to help this individual, you know, navigate his or her career. And then what I have found <laughs> when I'm mentoring is, whoa, how much I learn from them. And I go into it and now with such different eyes, because I know that, that this is not just about my coaching, my guidance, my mentoring. And in fact, I can grow just from them because they do things differently and, and want different things. And so uh, to have mentoring on both sides is, is really a great development opportunity. Yeah. Great. Love it. Veronica, let's think about, okay, you grow and you, you're recognizing that, that you have to take time. What about the people who work in your organization, how, how do you get them to develop and grow? And, and how do you get them to really be curious and continue their learning journey? You know, I think this idea of sort of pushing people to give 120%, uh, if you're on that mode, you are kind of like it's part of your culture. Mm -hmm. um, and people sort of learn to to be in that mode of like, growing and learning and uh, it just gives me tremendous joy i have seen mm -hmm. people grow so much from not being able to facilitate a group to being able to train a hundred people in a room it just gives me yeah. a lot of joy to yeah. speak. someone that was scared to speak up their thinking their thoughts and and they you know didn't know how to do it and um they were very timid to gain the confidence to be able to lead a meeting, to take their ideas and move another group forward. I think that is part of our culture that we're all learning. This is not a job, you know, I usually when I hire someone that's going to work directly with me, I always have part of the interview where I say, you know, what I would like is for you to ask me questions because this is a two-way stream. You know, it's not just me interviewing you, you're interviewing me as well. And I want to tell you that in this environment, we are here to challenge ourselves, um, to grow and to learn. And your job is probably never going to be the same every day because it's going to continue to evolve. And that's not for everyone. And uh, I find that a very good screening tool because you know, you want to bring on to your team people that are okay, comfortable, and even if they're not okay, they want that. Uh, they want to be challenged. So I think it is part of our culture. So everyone is ready to take on a new task and to, um, I really, my leadership style is to really give people opportunities. Mm. Um, 
it had people on my path that believed in me and gave me a ton of opportunities. When I took this job as an executive director, I had never written a grant. So I knew very little about fundraising. And as you can imagine, my job is pretty heavy <laughs> on the fundraising end. I would say um, so. <laughs> but, but people believed in me. And, and so that's how I see my team members is that, you know, maybe they're young, maybe they don't have the experience, but um, if I think that they want to do it and I'm, I'm going to support them, you'll see the growth. And that's the magic of it, that when they grow, your team grows, you know, and your organization grows. Yeah. And you just said something really important here that I don't want to miss in terms of you believe in your team members, you're going to push them, you love to, to continue to learn. So you're certainly creating a learning culture. And what you said, Veronica, was that you will support them, meaning, okay, I can take a risk. Maybe I'm not the greatest facilitator in the world, but I'm going to practice this and I won't be great at first, but, and eventually I'll be able to train 100 people. I would be able to do that because I know that I will not be punished if it doesn't work well. And I, and that I've got support that people are going to, you know, provide me the resources are going to help me. They want me to succeed. And that takes so much of the fear out of being curious and wanting to grow and wanting to learn because people want to do a good job and they don't want to make mistakes when you're allowed to make mistakes because that's how we grow and somebody's going to support me. Wow. That that's a whole different mindset for me to go into my learning journey. Okay. So, so you did speak a little bit about joy. And so, so my last question, Miss Veronica what brings you joy so that you can go to your work figuratively these days and, and really make sure you're bringing your whole self there? So, you know, what do you do? You know, do you have a piece of art or culture or music or something that, that continues to bring you joy so that you can show up whole when, when Monday morning rolls around or that Sunday afternoon when you have to build your own whiteboard um, with ideas about uh, what we're going to do next. So, so tell me about your joyfulness. Yeah, I mean, I want to say a few things about this because I actually think that it's an important question. I, I think if we don't have joy in the work that we do, um, we're really not going to be very effective leaders. Um, you know, again, just like your team is looking up to you for direction, they also want to follow someone that has joy mm. and, and it's not always under stress or feel stressed out or shares all that stress with the team. Um, I tried to put that aside. I think one of the things for me that brings me joy is, is my faith, you know, and that is an important part of my life. Um, that's what's helped me go through difficult times, both personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also like to have more of a silly side of myself. Mm -hmm. um, so during this pandemic, I was feeling, and, and I still do, I mean, this is hard. It's been eight months, and uh, most likely this is going to last. I don't want to really say how long because I don't know, but it, it does look like it's going to last a long time. So I do feel like I, or I did feel like needed to do something more silly, something that will bring that type of joy 
And so my son is a my little artist, and he tap dances. And mm. so I teach me how to tap. And I challenged myself to learn. And um, guess what? I did. Oh, how fun. <laughs> oh, and the best part is you're doing it with your son. Oh, you got to love that. Oh, nice. And believe me, um, he has been raised by his mother, so he is pushes for 120 <laughs> percent. Darn <laughs> so those children! <laughs> so he so, doesn't let you he, off the hook, huh, Veronica? Oh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> it's been it's been a lot of fun. It really takes my mind away from the seriousness of life and yeah. the seriousness of what we're facing. We serve uh, the community that has been disproportionately impacted by COVID in our county. There's a lot of seriousness about our work. Having this little joy really balances everything out for me. Yeah. And the hope is that everyone on your team is making sure that they've got some joy in their life. And, you know, I always think that joy needs to be part of the work environment. And I don't mean, you know, having a party and, you know, balloons every day and cake. That's not what I'm talking about. But the feeling of joy that when you leave the day and you're done with your day that you really have provided everything that you had, as you indicated, 120%, and, and that you know that you're making an impact. And, and that is joyful, certainly. And um, I love your your um, speak about you have to have a silly side. And we do. Why not? I mean, that's the fun of it. I mean, life is short. So um, we all have to have to have some some laughs, that's for sure. Wow, wow, wow. Veronica, thank you so much for, you know, just being so open with us and and sharing your thoughts about leadership. And, you know, it's so inspiring to hear kind of your evolution of the way that you're leading and how you're taking pieces as you've continued your, your learning journey and bringing them into shifting your dynamic leadership style because uh, we don't all start out knowing who we are as leaders. It takes us some time to really make a commitment to who we are as a leader. So I'm very, very grateful for your very, very wise words. So thank you, Veronica. Oh, well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, it was fun. I could have talked all day. Oh, and and no one should ask me to talk all day. <laughs> so so thanks everyone for listening. I'm Karen Colligan, and you've been listening to Veronica Goey, who is the executive director for Grail Family Services. Until the next episode of the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast, have a good one, and don't forget to keep it real. Music by Poddington Bear. Editing by Mary Lee Williams.